Hi, friends. Welcome to the State Tax Show, where we discuss all things state and local tax. I'm Matt Hunsaker. Today, we will be taking a peek at the Texas Supreme Court's trifecta of cost of goods sold opinions. Abby, shouldn't you be in school today? Yeah, I guess. Why aren't you? Because I'm going to the Texas Supreme Court to listen to oral arguments about tax cases. How do you feel about that? I feel great. I'm very excited. You don't look excited. You got me there. Back in October, my daughter decided to play hooky and joined me at oral arguments at the Texas Supreme Court. The court decided to listen to a batch of three franchise tax cases on the same day. Kind of a rip-the-band-aid-off approach, I think. The cases were AMC, Sun State Rentals, and Gulf Copper. And each of these cases involved the infamous cost of goods sold deduction. Well, on April 3rd of this year, the court finally issued its decisions in the three cases. And that, my friends, is what we will dig into today. For those of you outside of Texas, let me give you a smidgen of background. For the Texas franchise tax, you can deduct typically either the cost of goods sold deduction or compensation. That's a little bit oversimplified. There's some nuance there, but that's good enough for today's discussion. The trifecta of tax cases that we're going to be talking about involve what can be included in cost of goods sold and perhaps more importantly, Who can take the cost of goods sold deduction? Let's start with AMC. AMC, as most of you probably know, is a movie theater chain. AMC had deducted its theater costs on its Texas franchise tax returns. So this included things like your seats, the acoustic paneling, projectors, uh, amplifiers, a screen, etc. You know, the things that gave you the audio-visual experience. The rub with the state is that cost of goods sold is allowed for direct costs of acquiring or producing goods, and goods are defined as tangible personal property, but cost of goods sold is not allowed for intangible personal property. So AMC argued at court that the moviegoer's experience was tangible personal property, because when you go to a movie... You hear sounds and you see sights, and those are perceptible to the senses, which is how the statute defines tangible personal property. They also argued that their product, if you will, was tangible personal property because of a special definition of tangible personal property that includes, and I'm going to paraphrase here, film, sound recordings, videotapes, and a bunch of other stuff that is intended to be mass-distributed. So AMC was looking at both of these alternatives for its product, the movie-going experience, to be treated as tangible personal property. For shorthand, the court referred to these two prongs as the perceptibility prong and the film prong. At the Texas Court of Appeals, the taxpayer won, and they won on the perceptibility prong. So the court said that 
moviegoers had an experience that was perceptible to the senses, and contrary to the controller's position, there wasn't any sort of take-home requirement that the moviegoers had to bring something back home with them. And then later on, and I won't get into the politics of this or the alleged politics of this, but the Court of Appeals changed its position and said that the taxpayer still won, but rather than winning on the perceptibility prong, they won on the film prong. So this was appealed to the Texas Supreme Court, and the Texas Supreme Court shot down AMC's film prong argument. And they basically said that AMC didn't sell anything to the moviegoers. In other words, exhibiting the film was not the same as selling the film. And I think the way the court set up or phrased the selling requirement is going to cause some conflict down the road for others in the media industry. As to the perceptibility prong, the court said that you had to take something home. And in this case, the, the moviegoers didn't take home anything other than a ticket stub, and so they didn't receive anything that was perceptible. There was not very much discussion on this. It was kind of just a few paragraphs at the end of the opinion. And so there's still some openings there to interpret just exact, exactly what the perceptibility prong encompasses. The court also looked at a separate provision that allows distributors of items included in the film prong. So, you know, film, sound recordings, videotapes, the, the long list I just went through earlier. This provision allows distributors of those items to take the cost of goods sold, even though they may not be selling them. But the court said, and this was after looking at industry definitions, that the court said that AMC is not a distributor of films, but rather an exhibitor. So it drew a, drew a distinction between a, a typical movie distributor and a movie exhibitor or at least the distinctions that it found in industry terminology. Now, one other interesting thing about this case is that in 2013, the theater industry got the Texas legislature to amend the cost of goods sold deduction to include theaters. So this really isn't an ongoing issue for the theater companies as of 2013. But they also got the legislature to say that when they opened it up for theaters, that that was just a clarification of existing law and that theaters should have been getting the cost of goods sold all along. Well, that didn't work with the court. The court said that a later legislature couldn't bind an earlier one. And as a result, this new provision, which was supposedly a clarifying provision, didn't change the analysis for earlier periods. Or in other words, it was not retroactive. And so it didn't provide the theaters with any relief for years before 2013. I think the takeaway from this opinion is that it leaves a lot of room for interpretation and it leaves lots of unanswered questions, especially for those in the media space. For example, the court declined to address the state's argument that the film prong requires ownership of the underlying intangible asset. I think many people thought that once AMC came out that it would be the end of litigation, but I think we'll still see plenty of more litigation, particularly in the media area. On to the next case. Let's talk about Sun State Equipment Company v. Hager. 
Sunstate equipment was a little bit different than AMC because there was no question whether they could take the cost of goods sold deduction. The question was, what goes into it? Now, remember how the cost of goods sold deduction typically applies to goods that are sold? Well, when the Texas franchise tax was first enacted, it really hit the heavy equipment industry hard because they had lots of capital costs that they couldn't deduct because they weren't selling anything and they had relatively few compensation-related costs. And so the legislature quickly fixed that. And the way they fixed that is that they gave a cost of goods sold deduction to heavy construction equipment rental or leasing companies, even though they may not be selling their equipment. The question in this case, though, was whether the cost to deliver and pick up the equipment from the construction site would be included in cost of goods sold. This case was really a treatise in statutory construction, and I can't do it justice without you having the code right there in front of you, but we'll do the best we can. The court held that the delivery costs did not fit within the definition of production type costs, and instead they were more like distribution and rehandling costs, which the statute says are not deductible. Now, on the back end, the taxpayer argued that picking up the equipment, that those were acquisition costs, which are deductible, because they were acquiring, or I guess in a sense, reacquiring the equipment. Now, the court said that this provision, though, this deductibility for acquisition costs, only applies to the initial acquisition, and it doesn't apply to costs of reacquiring equipment that you already own. So, thus far, taxpayers are 0-2 for the day. Let's finish up with Hagar v. Gulf Copper and Manufacturing Corp. Gulf Copper's business was surveying, repairing, and upgrading offshore oil and gas rigs for rig owners and drilling contractors, and it did most of its work after these rigs were brought off-site. And you're about to see why the Texas Cost of Goods Sold statute is such a bizarre maze. Like I said before, normally you have to own the goods that you sell to deduct the costs. But a taxpayer is treated, is treated as owning labor and materials that are furnished to a project, and I'm going to quote the statute here, for the construction, improvement, remodeling, repair, or industrial maintenance of real property. So for tangible personal property, you've got to own the stuff that you're selling. But if you're fixing up or improving someone else's real property, well, you can deduct the costs of doing that. And so Gulf Copper argued that the rigs were used on a real construction project, that is, drilling oil wells in realty. But the court held that it was not a real property construction project because at the time Gulf Copper did its work, the rigs typically weren't in active service. The court said, the requisite labor or materials must be furnished to or incorporated into the real property itself. So the taxpayer lost, but not entirely. You see, the court also considered an exclusion from total revenue for flow-through funds for subcontractors that were paid in connection with construction projects. This provision is similar to the cost of goods sold provision for real property construction projects. But it's broader, and it includes proposed projects. 
And so the court held that because Gulf Copper's work allowed rigs to meet certification requirements for specific drilling projects, it fit within this exclusion for total revenue for flow-through funds paid to subcontractors, and therefore was able to exclude from its total revenue the amount that it received in connection with its subcontractors. I know that last part's pretty confusing, but if you deal with the franchise tax, hopefully that makes sense. So for the day, the taxpayers essentially went 0-3 on cost of goods sold, but Gulf Copper at least got a small consolation prize. Well, I hope that these short summaries were helpful, but please do let me know if you have any follow-up questions on the implications of these cases. I hope that each of you are doing well with our COVID situation. Firstly, that you and yours are healthy, and secondly, that you're weathering the economic storms. Now, if you find yourself out of work, feel free to drop me a line. I periodically hear of openings in the tax world, and I'm more than happy to share any leads with you. For those of you working at home, I'd love to hear what tips and tricks you have for making that a productive experience. If you'll send those to me, I'd love to share them with the rest of the state tax clan, so please send them in. My advice? Get yourself a cheap green screen. They're only about $20. You can hang those behind yourself during video conferences, and if you have the right video conferencing software, then you can put a fake background behind you that might look a little bit more professional than what's going on at home. Or, as is usually the case with me, it'll make you look like you're out on the beach. As always, thanks so much for listening and spreading the word on the new home for the show. Until next week, this is Matt Hunsaker for The State Tax Show. The State Tax Show podcast is produced by Baker and Hostetler, LLP, and is for informational purposes only. It is intended to inform our clients and other friends of the firm about current legal developments of general interest. Issues discussed should not be construed as legal advice, and listeners should not act upon the information contained in this podcast without professional counsel. In some jurisdictions, this podcast may constitute attorney advertising. The hiring of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. Please visit BakerLaw.com for more information about our practices and experience.